0: There is one thing I think I can safely say about every podcaster. They want more listeners. On this episode of Podcastification, I've been doing some thinking and some researching and some experimenting with podcast promotion. And I'm going to dump the truckload on you this episode. (music) My name is Carrie Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Podcast promotion, man, we all need to know how to do that thing right, don't we? I mean, there's all kinds of little tricks and tips and and tools and apps, things that people are trying to come up with to make podcast promotion more effective. And I get it. I really get it because we all need and want more listeners if our podcasts are going to achieve the goals that we have for them. But, you know, I think sometimes we overcomplicate the thing. My buddy, Dave Jackson, he says all the time, Just make great content and the growth will take care of itself. I tend to agree with that, generally speaking, because great content is such a key thing. But I think there's a little more to that. And we can borrow some tips and tricks and techniques from the realm of content marketing if you've heard that term. So in this episode, I want to dig into some things I've been studying and researching about podcast promotion as it relates to content marketing. So let's get to it. Well, in case you didn't get the clue, I think podcast promotion is a form of content marketing. And let me tell you why I think that. Your podcast is content, isn't it? I mean, it's you putting out content. It's just in a different form. It's an audio form. Or if you're doing a video podcast, video form. Podcasting is content marketing. So my reasoning in what I'm going to share with you on this episode is that if podcasts are content, then the principles that govern content marketing and have been proven over the years to be effective in content marketing should apply to podcasting. Now, we may have to make tweaks here and there. We may have to make some adjustments based on the fact that we're dealing with audio rather than just text and all that's to be expected. But I'm coming to believe more and more that content marketing is where we need to place our emphasis in terms of how we go about promoting our podcasts. So let's talk, first of all, about the goals of that you're shooting for when you're doing your podcast. In my thinking, for most podcasters, there are three goals. Now, some of you, you just do it for fun. You don't have any of these goals I'm about to talk about in your brain at all. That is totally, totally fine. I'm cool with that. But for others, there are certain goals, everything from building credibility to monetization. So I am going to go into what I think are the three main goals most podcasters have. Number one... You're trying to build credibility in whatever area or niche or area of knowledge that you are podcasting about. It could be about iguanas. It could be about business. It doesn't really matter. You as the podcaster are trying to build credibility because it's that credibility that's going to get you someone's ear. If they look at you as an expert in your field or as someone who's in the know or well-connected with others in your industry you're going to have more chance of landing more listeners. So that's goal number one. You're trying to build credibility. Number two, you're trying to build trust, aren't you? I mean, you want your listeners to see you as the go-to person for learning about your specific content. So you're trying to build trust. You want them to trust you both as a resource and as a person so that when the time comes for them to need help, in the area where you provide help on a professional level, your name comes to mind right away. Your voice comes to mind. Your episodes come to mind. The name of your podcast comes to mind. And they remember that you've been doing that call to action on every episode of your podcast. And so what do they do? They scroll to the end of your podcast. They hear your call to action and they reach out to you. That's what you're doing when you're trying to build trust. And that ties us into the third goal. You're trying to bring in qualified leads, or qualified customers. I mean, that's really the bottom line for many podcasters. If you're trying to monetize your podcast, I honestly don't think the advertising model is the best way to do it. I think the best way to do it is to build your credibility. Goal number one, build that trust level. Goal number two, and have something to offer those people that comes directly from you. The one who has credibility in their mind and the one who they trust. It could be a course, it could be a book, it could be coaching packages, it could be all kinds of things, events, you know, there's all kinds of ways you can monetize your podcast indirectly, but your podcast is the content you're using to market to those people and you're aiming at those three goals. Now, there are also some benefits to viewing your podcast promotion as a form of content marketing. So let's take a few minutes and talk about those. One of the most outstanding benefits of podcasting, I think in some ways more than just your average blog post, is that it is a long tail resource. And you may have heard that word long tail more in relationship to keywords or keyword phrases. But what I'm saying is this, podcasting has a long shelf life when it's great content. It's going to be on the internet for as long as you pay for your media hosts. And even if you quit paying for your media host, you could throw it on Amazon S3 and make the links available and it would still be there. You see, the point is, it's a resource that as long as you're creating content that's relevant to many, many years worth of time, you know, it's it's what they call evergreen content. It's going to have a long shelf life. You know, it's not going to be like your normal advertisement that has a shelf life of maybe three months or six months. It's going to have a shelf life of years because it's so valuable and so useful. You know, this is the internet. It's going to be around for a long time. So that's one of the benefits that I think podcasting has that's even greater than just text content. Because people can listen in their car. They can listen as the exercise. They can listen when they're out mowing the lawn. As long as the lawnmower is not too loud. It's long tail. It's going to last for a long time. And a second benefit that I think your podcast is going to have is that the people that actually come in as leads for your products or services, whatever it is, are informed already about who you are and what you do. So therefore, they're qualified leads, which in the sales and marketing arena just means you've determined that they truly have a need for what it is you have to offer. In podcasting, you haven't really had to do the work to do that. They have done it themselves by continuing to listen to you And reach out to you. They have determined they have a need that you might be able to help with. And the other thing that I think is true about these people who come in as leads is that they are self-selected. I mean, they've chosen you to listen to as the one they want to learn this from. Man, what better route could you get? And that means that when they reach out to you, and this is the third benefit, when they reach out to you finally, they're going to be less defensive. They're going to have Less defenses up. I mean, you know what that feels like when you go into the, the shoe store in the mall and it's like all the sales people are bouncing on you all of a sudden. You get your up, and you get a little defensive. You know, it's like, hey, leave me alone. Let me just find some shoes and then I'll come talk to you. You know, when those people come to you who've been listening to your podcast, they're going to be less defensive because they already feel like they know you. They're familiar with your style. They're familiar with the way you do business. I mean, you've become that trusted expert in their minds. And so when they reach out, they're going to be less defensive. Man, podcasting enables all of that to happen. It's incredible, incredible benefits you get. And it all comes through being a form of content marketing. Maybe you need a definition of content marketing. The way I'm talking about it is you're just producing valuable content for people who are interested in that subject matter to consume. And it does all these benefits. It reaches all these goals that I've been talking about almost automatically if you're doing it well. And we're going to talk about what it means to do it well a little bit later on. But before we do that, let's go into the next section. I've got two more sections to this episode of the podcast. The first one is going to be how long does it take for content marketing to work? I think that's an important question. For us as podcasters to get straight in our minds. And then the second section we're going to talk about is what are the key points of a good content marketing strategy? And I'm going to walk you through some of the things I've learned and what I'm thinking about this. So that's it for this section. Let's go on and learn how long does it take for content marketing to actually work. And when it comes to podcasting, there are really two types of content marketing that I think we need to have some kind of awareness of, okay? And I'm, for lack of better terms, I'm gonna call it on-site content marketing and off-site content marketing. Now, those are phrases that are used in the content marketing world all the time to refer to these two different areas that you need to focus on. But I'm probably gonna define them just slightly different because we're talking about podcasting. So let's start with the on-site area of content marketing. What on-site means is the place where your podcast episodes are posted on your website or your web property. That's what I mean by on-site. It's a site you control. You control the content. You control the way it looks. You control all the little widgets and gadgets that are on the site. You control everything about that property. Okay, that's on-site content marketing. And here's what I've learned from my research. And I think this is going to blow your mind because we tend to live in a microwave sort of culture where we expect to throw something on the internet real quick and it's going to go viral and have this big bang and we should have a huge audience in no time. Well, if you've been podcasting for any length of time, you know that is not the way it happens. It takes a while. But how long does it really take? Well, here's what research just from content marketing in general has taught me effective, well planned. And we're going to talk about these words in a minute. Effective, well-planned, on-site content marketing takes right around six months to begin seeing results. Get that in your head. It's going to take at least six months to see results from effective content marketing that is well-planned. So let's just walk through a little bullet point list here of what we're talking about here. It's got to be well-planned content marketing. That means you've got to have a systematic campaign for how you're getting that content out in front of the people that you want to target as the ones you want listening to your show. And we're going to get into what exactly that means in the next section. But for now, just realize this is not just recording your podcast and throwing it up on the internet, throwing it up. Man, that sounds bad. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being strategic about this. Okay, so it's well-planned. And this kind of on-site content marketing might include these following things. And actually, it should include some of these, but we'll leave it in the might include category for right now. It might include good SEO practices. Now, SEO is search engine optimization. And when we say that, I'm not talking about SEO for iTunes itself. I'm talking about search engine optimization Of your website. If you're not familiar with search engine optimization, it's basically what can you do to post this on your website in such a way that the search engines, for lack of a better term, are drawn to it, that they bring up your site when others are searching for the content you're covering. Now, keep in mind, you're dealing with audio content primarily. That's what a podcast is. So SEO is not going to relate to your audio it's going to relate to text on a page because that's what Google and Bing and Yahoo all search is text. So your text and your tags and all that stuff on your page have got to be optimized for the episode that you're posting. That means you've got to know something about keyword research. You've got to know something about how to write well for SEO. And I can hear people complaining right now. Oh, I hate writing. I hate my show notes. I get it. I totally get it. Sometimes the show notes can be the most cumbersome part of your podcasting journey. And I've done some episodes in this podcast feed way back. I don't know where they were. Episodes 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there about ways to do great SEO optimized show notes. Now I'm going to warn you ahead of time. None of those episodes are magic formula. None of them are easy. It's hard work, but it at least will give you the tools that if you'll practice them, you can actually do this SEO piece really, really well. I've taught you everything that my team does to optimize show notes for our clients. And the reason that service even exists in my company is because people maybe like you don't like writing their show notes. And so they want to hire somebody to do that for them. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to us at podcastfasttrack.com and we will definitely talk to you about your show and your needs there. But keep in mind, what we're talking about here is content marketing. And if on site content marketing is going to work well, you've just got to do good SEO on your site. You've got to, or else people who are searching for that topic are not going to find your podcast episode when they're searching for those things. Maybe they'll find it through iTunes, maybe, but that depends on some other things, which we'll talk about in the off site section. Let's just move on. Some other things good on site content marketing might include is engaging writing in your show notes. And I've learned this kind of with trial and error over the time of writing show notes and and guiding my team in how to write good show notes. You have people who will do a transcript sometimes and they say, well, isn't a transcript just as good for SEO? Well, yes, it's just as good for SEO because it's naturally going to have all your keywords and keyword phrases in it and all that. That's wonderful. But there's a drawback, I believe, to having a transcript instead of well-written show notes. And here's what it is. A transcript, though it does have all the keywords, also is going to give away every single syllable of your content for that episode. Where's the red flag in that? Can you see it? The problem with that is that if that person doesn't want to listen and just wants to scan the blog post, which we all do, don't we? They just want to scan the blog post and find the pertinent answer to the thing they're looking for. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to bump off of your page eventually without ever even listening to your podcast episode. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to do that, but it's more likely because the answer they're looking for is right there on the page. They've just got to take the time to find it, which is faster than listening to an entire episode. So the reason my company does show notes rather than provide transcripts is because we write your show notes in such a way that it introduces some of the topics. It writes in an appealing way that teases you in to wanting to know the answer to certain things and makes you want to click that play button because man, I got to know the answer to this question. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And the only place it is, is in the audio. And isn't that what we want? Don't we want people listening to our episodes? And that's where you, as the podcaster, come in. If you're creating great content, if you're doing it in your unique style, If you're doing it in a way that brings true value to those people and that their question is really answered, you've got a pretty good chance of turning that listener into a subscriber. So think of it like dominoes falling over. The first one is get them to the page. That's where SEO comes in. The next one is get them to realize this page does provide the answer to their question that they're seeking for. That's where the good compelling show notes writing comes in, get them to click, which is what the show notes writing is supposed to do. And as they listen, you've done your job as a podcaster and now they want to subscribe to your show. You see, that's the domino pattern that we're trying to get rolling here. That's why engaging writing for show notes for your on-site content marketing is so important. And you can create your own show notes. Go back and find on this podcast feed episodes 20, 21, 22, 23. In those four episodes, I walk you through step by step the process the podcast fast track team uses to create great show notes. You can do it. You can learn it. You could have someone on your team learn it. But the point is, you've got to do your on-page optimization seriously. You've got to be able to do it because That is going to get you that organic traffic from Google and Bing and Yahoo. That's going to get you new listeners. It's not the only way, but it's an effective way. It's an important way. So your on-site content marketing plan should include, in my mind, good SEO practices and engaging writing for your show notes. That means also your show notes need to be easy to read, easy to scan, that the layout on the page and in the apps, don't forget about the apps, the description in the apps needs to be appealing and easy to use. You also need to include truly helpful resources and content, including outbound links, you know, links to other websites. You may think, well, I want to keep them on my page. Yeah, but see part of the SEO stuff that Google looks for is, do you have links going to good resources? That makes your page more valuable in Google's eyes. If you're pointing people to good resources. So make sure you're doing outbound links to the things that are mentioned in your episodes. And you also want to make it easy for other people to share, right? So you need to have sharing functionality, both on your podcast page somehow for your entire website, just whatever you think is best for your users to share. And by the way, you might want to include that in the things you say on your podcast as well, you know, telling people specifically how they can share the episode. All right. So, those are the might includes, the things you might want to consider when you're doing on site content marketing. Let's look at the always includes. These are things I think you should always be doing as part of your on site content marketing. You want to have truly great content. I mean, truly great. It's easy for us to kind of slide into a pattern of doing what's easy are doing what's lazy, but if you read the book, Mastery, I encourage everybody to pick it up. Man, lazy is nowhere in that book, except as a criticism. I mean, people who really become masters at what they're doing, who do become the experts in their niche, they dedicate themselves to the process. And if you're bringing value to the people who are your following, your listeners, man, don't they deserve that from you? Don't they deserve for you to truly know what you're talking about? And that means truly great content. So don't give in to laziness. Don't skimp. Don't just get by. I mean, if you have to cut down the number of episodes per month that you do, just so you can provide better content. man. In my experience, that is much better. I will stay subscribed to a podcast that only publishes every three months. If I know that when they do publish, it's going to be great content. I mean, there's a podcast I listen to called Thinking in Public. And it's a great show. A great conversation happens every single time. And he only publishes like three or four in a season. And the seasons might have four months apart before they publish a new one. And I don't care. I just keep listening because the content is so great. So your on-site content marketing always should include great content. That means in your show notes and in your audio because they go together, kind of like a hand in a glove. right, you also have to always include concern or love for your listeners. What I'm talking about here is a true desire to help. I mean, yes, you may want to monetize. Yes, you may want to get leads into your funnel, all those markety jargony kind of words. But think about this. If you express the concern, the love, the desire you have to help very clearly and openly to your listeners, repeatedly, both in your content, on your audio and your content on your webpage, you're going to see response to that. That's part of a foundation of a good on-site content marketing approach. You also want to have a desire to be that expert. Here, I'm making a little distinction, so be careful you understand this. Have a desire to be the expert, not just be seen as the expert. You get what I'm saying? I mean, because you're the one on the podcast, you're the one speaking into their earbuds, you may automatically be seen as the expert, but are you really the expert? I mean, you know, if you are or not, you know, if you've put in the time to learn about the topic you're talking about, you know, if you've researched, you know, if you have studied, you know, if you really know what you're talking about, I want to encourage you behind great onsite content marketing that's effective is somebody who really is an expert in what they're talking about. And that's what Google prefers in their search rankings. So you need to first be that so that you can authentically portray it, both in your audio and in your writing content on your website. And then another thing I think always needs to be included in any kind of content marketing, on-site or off-site, is humility. You just need to be humble. People are drawn to authenticity, not perfection. I've heard one of my clients say, people can't relate to your perfection. I totally agree. You don't have to feel like you have it all together. You don't have to feel like you can't make mistakes. Hey, man, I mean, you hear me stutter on this podcast quite often and we don't edit it out all the time just because that's just who I am and it's the kind of way that I talk. And I want you to know me for who I really am because I'm not pulling any punches. What you hear is what you get. So humility has got to be a piece of this whole content marketing puzzle. And and so summarizing this on-site content marketing, Remember, it's going to take up to six months to see results. You can't expect just to post an episode and suddenly get lots of downloads. It may happen for reasons far outside your control. But if you want to have control over that, you need to dedicate yourself to making sure you're doing a well-planned, systematic campaign. And we're going to get more into what that means in a little bit. And then finally, before we move on to off-site content marketing, you need to keep it up. What do I mean by that? I mean, be consistent. Consistency over time is going to win. There's just no doubt about it. That's the way the content marketing engine works. That's the way Google works. Over time, as you build reputation, as you build visits to your website, as you build people referring you and others coming to your website and to your podcast, Google is going to see that as a sign that you've got good content. Same thing's going to happen in iTunes, which is really off-site. We'll get to in a minute. But the same thing's going to happen there. The more people download your content, iTunes sees that as, hey, this must be good stuff. And they boost you in their rankings. So that's everything I'm going to say about on-site content marketing. And we're talking about this as podcast promotion. These are things that really go into a well-promoted podcast that I want you to truly consider. Now, let's make the switch. Let's go over and talk about what I'm calling off-site content marketing. So it's time to talk about effective, well-planned off-site content marketing campaigns. By off-site, I mean things that are not your web property, yet it's a place that you can promote your podcast. So that would be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, any of the directories would qualify as off-site. Social media would qualify as off-site. Other people's blogs and websites, which we're going to get into here in a minute, that all qualifies as offsite. So it's anything that's off your website. You do have some power to affect those things. And so an effective, well-planned offsite content marketing campaign, how long does that take? It takes six to 12 months to see results from this. Man, you thought the other one was long at six months. This is longer because you have less control over it, but you do still have some control. So let's get into it. Let's talk about what goes into an effective offsite content marketing campaign. Well, number one, again, it's got to be well-planned and systematic and hold your horses. We're getting there. I'm going to define for you what that really means in a moment, but just keep that in mind. Offsite, just like onsite, you've got to be well-planned and systematic in the way that you go about it. And then there are also some might includes and offsite content marketing. Now, you don't have to do everything I'm going to mention here, but the more you can do is probably better because it's more avenues for you to get your show out. And these probably are not all of the options. These are just some of the ones that I think are primary and would be most advantageous. First of all, get strategic about being interviewed on other podcasts in your niche. Now, keep that in mind. It needs to be podcast relevant to the topics that you talk about. Podcasts that might have the same sort of audience or people in a similar audience or even a related audience to the one that you're trying to reach and get strategic about that. I've done a couple of episodes before on reaching out to get people on your podcast where you can just kind of reverse engineer that kind of stuff and talk about how to get yourself on other people's podcasts. Just think it through. If you are being featured on other podcasts that talk about similar things to what you talk about. Don't you think that's a natural way for people to find out about your podcast and to begin listening to your show as well? I mean, for example, I'm getting into real estate investing in various ways and educating myself into things. Man, I've got probably six real estate investing podcasts on my show right now. And you know how I found a lot of them? It's because the first show I started listening to had so-and-so on as a guest. And so I find out so-and-so's got a podcast. Well, I go and find his podcast because I liked what he had to share on the episode. I mean, you understand that, you know how that works. You can get strategic about being interviewed on other podcasts and that's off-site content marketing because every time, every time, always when you're a guest on someone's show, they're going to give you the opportunity to say what your podcast is, where your website is, how to connect with you. It's going to happen. That's off-site content marketing and you want to be able to do that. Now, have they listened to an episode of your show yet? Nope, sure haven't. Do they know what kind of content and quality you bring, well, they better because you were just on someone's podcast talking about the kind of things you talk about. So you get to demonstrate your expert status, which starts those dominoes falling as far as the goals go. So get strategic about being interviewed on other podcasts. Also consider guest posting. Yes. I'm talking about writing again. I'm talking about blogging and yes, guest posting does still work when it's done right. And what I mean by done right is it's well-written, it's valuable content, it's linked from their site to your site so that people can go right to you. I mean, guest posting does work. So consider, have you got the ability and the time to do some very quality articles to pitch to people who are in your niche? They don't have to have a podcast, but if they have a blog, man, that's a great way for you to make people who read their blog regularly aware of the fact that you do a podcast about the same niche. Man, I can't see a better fit than that. You have one person in the niche who does blogging, another person, you, who does podcasting. You guys help promote each other's content. I mean, what better match is there? That's like a match made in heaven. Another way to do off-site content marketing is the way that most podcasters do it, and I think eighty percent of them do it wrong, and that's social media sharing. You know, doing campaigns on social media in relevant places. What I mean when I say people are doing it wrong is most people just drop a link and say, Hey, here's my newest episode. Listen, well, people scroll right by that. It's kind of interrupting the fun they're having on Facebook, watching videos and talking about the things they care about. You know, you don't want to be an interrupt marketer. You want to be a content marketer. You want to provide them something through your social sharing that is a value to them. So start up conversations, get to know people, get into groups that are related to your niche and introduce your podcast episodes carefully and strategically in answer to people's questions as a way of genuinely helping people. You see, it takes more time and it takes more concern and love for the people you're interacting with on social media. But I think if I'm not wrong, that's initially the purpose of social media is to be social you know, to interact, to build relationships, to help people. So yeah, do social media sharing of your podcast episodes and things, but do it in relevant places, meaning places where people are already congregated talking about the things you talk about and do it carefully. Do it with concern for people rather than just blasting out your content. You can also do this when it comes to offsite content marketing. You can ask for links on other people's Websites that relate to your topic that come back to your website. Now, that may sound weird, but that's actually a very powerful SEO strategy. You hear people like Neil Patel talking about that all the time. If you don't know Neil, he's one of the biggest internet marketer guys out there that does SEO and and website marketing and content marketing, that kind of stuff. He talks about that all the time that if you can get links from high profile, reputable websites in your industry or niche that point back to your website, that's powerful. For Google, that that bumps you up in SEO big time, but it also makes you a trusted resource to the people who use that other website that you got the link on. So consider that. Figure out ways you can ask for inbound links to your website from those reputable, niche relevant sites. Now, as I said, there are lots of other things that could be included in these. Might include things that you could do for the offsite content marketing. But I am telling you, if we podcasters are serious about wanting the audience that we say we want. And we are serious about promoting our content because we really believe it's gonna help people and it's gonna change the world. Then we gotta get serious about learning this stuff and making the time to do it. Now, if you're at a point where you can hire a staff, you can hire a VA, whatever, you can figure out systems for them to do this stuff. You don't have to do all of it, but keep in mind, it should be done if you're gonna do this well. And I'll do full disclosure. I am not doing all these things right now, but this is what my research is showing me. And I'm slowly building out systems as I'm able to carve out the time in my schedule to put these things in place. So what I encourage you to do is just do it slowly over time. Do it slowly over time, just build and build and build. In the offsite content marketing area, before we wrap it up, there are always includes here as well. They're the same ones, have truly great content. In this area, it means prep for your interviews. Don't just go in there and wing it. If you're going to be interviewed on a podcast, man, bring the goods. Add value. And I would say give a free gift of some sort of way that really has value. Figure out what that's going to be that's unique to that podcaster's audience. What you're going to do is not only build trust with that audience, you're also going to build trust with that podcaster. And he's going to want you back on his show because he got more downloads because your interview was so good you get what I'm saying? You're also going to give your all when you do guest posting on blogs. I mean, write the best post you can. Don't send them your leftovers. Don't send them something that you want to have on your blog. I mean, give them your best stuff because that's what other people are going to be reading. That will then tell them, give them an impression of who you are. You want them to see your best stuff so that they'll come over and say, oh, he's got a podcast too. Cool. And they may become a subscriber to your podcast. Do you see where we're going with this? So give truly great content. Again, concern and love for the people that you're interacting with, whether it's on another podcast, the love for the podcaster, for his following, for the people you interact with on social media. I mean, that concern and love needs to be a part of your off-site content marketing as well. You also need to keep that same level of humility we talked about before. You need to encourage people. You need to affirm people. You need to make it about them and not about you. This is all part of effective offsite content marketing. It's all portraying yourself as who you really are to the people who are out there that might become your audience. It's just all part of the package. And we've just got to get better as podcasters at doing this kind of stuff. And then again, just like the onsite content marketing, you got to keep it up. Consistency over time wins the day. So don't just do one podcast interview and think you're done. I mean, find another podcast to get on, find another one to get on, find another one to get on. I mean, it all adds up over time because it's all that long tail content, remember? So if you're on someone else's podcast as a guest, just like your podcast is going to be in the internet forever, so is theirs. So you want yourself on as many podcasts as you can. Blogs are the same, all that stuff. Keep it up. Consistency over time is going to win. All right, so let's get to what you're really curious about now in the next section, what are the key points of a, an effective, well-planned content marketing strategy? Let's go there. Well, you've heard me say quite a few times in this episode already that any content marketing you do, whether it's on-site or off-site, has to be well-planned. Well, what do I mean by that? What does it mean to be well-planned? Well, first of all, you need to know your listeners, You need to know your future listeners. You need to understand their needs. And a lot of that is based around what you talk about, right? People who are very interested in this subject, what are their biggest questions? What are their biggest pains? What are their biggest needs? What are their biggest interests? Ask yourself all those questions. That helps you to know your listeners and the people who may become your listeners. And once you understand those needs, you have a better handle on the types of topics that you need to be producing. So get that into your head. You got to know your listeners. Don't just shoot from the hip. Don't just do what you think might be good. It's sad. So many companies start up thinking they know what the market wants when they haven't done market research. They don't know what their ideal client actually wants. And they wind up failing because they didn't put enough interest into what the actual market wants. You don't want to do that. You want to get into groups on social media and talk about your topics and let people talk. Just listen, make notes, figure out what are the questions, the struggles, the things people are fighting with in that area and begin planning some podcast episodes. And that takes us into the next little point you need to do in a well-planned content marketing strategy. And that is put time into your podcast episode planning. It takes time. Don't just shoot from the hip every week. Sit down, take at least five, 10 minutes and write out a bullet point outline of topics that you can speak on based on what you know about your audience. Write out that bullet point list and then take another five to 10 minutes and see if you can come up with three to four things that you can talk about underneath each of those bullet points. what you're going to wind up with is a bullet point list of entire podcast episodes. You see what I'm saying? The major bullet point and then the three or four underneath is one podcast episode that you can talk about and then rearrange them, prioritize them, which one needs to come After which one? Is there a sequence? Is there a priority order? You figure all that out. But the point here is you've got to put time into your podcast episode planning. That's part of doing great content, well-planned content. It's content that's going to meet the needs of your listeners better, which would mean they're more prone to share it with the people that they are familiar with who are also interested in the topics that you're talking about. You also need to develop a sharing and publication schedule that you can do consistently. And the key word there is consistently. You remember that podcast I was talking about that does the great content, but is not always real consistent. The great content overshadows the consistency, but consistency is a key factor nevertheless, because it builds over time. The more consistent you are, the more content you get out there, which means the more opportunity there is for Google and other people to find your content and then consume it and become a follower. Now, this is a place where a virtual assistant, a VA, might come in handy. They can do the sharing. They can do the publishing of your content. They can keep up on the consistency. But you would be the content producer. You see the difference there. You're still the expert. You're still the one putting out the content. But you can give them guidelines and systems to use to actually do the sharing and publication. I think another piece of doing a well-planned content marketing strategy is that you've got to determine... What's going to be included in those two sections I talked about? The might includes for your on-site and off-site strategies. Determine what you're going to include. You don't have to include all of them, but to determine for now, what are my priorities in this list of things? And go back and listen if you have to, to figure out what are the might includes both in on-site and off-site content marketing and get those into your process. Okay, so I've rambled on here for about 40 minutes about this whole thing because I think it's that important. You know, we think of some magical app or some new gadget that's going to help us promote our podcast when really it comes down to well-planned, effective content marketing because that's what we're producing is content. It's just a different kind of content. I'm going to say again some of the things I've said at the beginning. Because podcasting is relatively easy to do, it can feel like the promotion and results of the promotion should be quick and easy as well. But that's just not how it works. We've got enough history behind us when it comes to content marketing. And people have studied this that we know it's got to be well-planned in order to be effective. So don't underestimate the power of learning this stuff and doing it well, and doing it consistently. I would love to hear from you if you start implementing some of these things. Start telling me, what are the results that you're seeing? Because I can 95% guarantee you that if you apply the things I've talked about in this episode, in the next six to 12 months, your podcast listenership is going to grow substantially because you're doing the things that get your podcast out there. And one final little caveat, I guess. Don't let discouragement or slow progress deter you. Don't let it slow you down. It's going to be discouraging at times. It's going to come slow. I mean, six to 12 months is pretty slow, but don't let that stop you. Keep at it. Be consistent. You climb the mountain one step at a time and you'll get there. So please, my friends, please. Please. You can do this, but you're going to have to learn how to do it and apply it well. Hello? Okay. So that's it. Content marketing for podcast promotion. I really do think it's that simple and it's not simple. I mean, you've heard the whole episode, you know, it's not simple, but it, that's really what it is because what we're trying to do in promoting our podcasts is the same thing content marketers have been doing for years and they've got this thing kind of figured out. So. I would love to hear from you, how it goes for you. Give me your tips and tricks, things you've noticed that work better than some of the things I've mentioned. And who knows, we may do another episode featuring you. And that's it for this episode of podcastification. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. See you later.